Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by G-Mig's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Y'all ever eaten a G-Mig's cheeseburger? Yeah. Huh. It's good. Change your life. We used if to you do can the, get in. We used to do Mondays at G-Mig's. You can get into the place. And they, oh, man, but they'd sit us used right. Used to be a nice place when it wasn't crowded. Now it's crowded. That's because it's so popular because Ross and I did the radio show from there. Well, some of us don't like crowds. Well, they're sponsoring your show, Randy. <laughs> well, welcome to Cycle and Insider here with the Des Moines Register. Um, my name is Chris Williams. I'm joined, as always, by Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch. Randy seems to be in a good mood tonight. How are you, Tommy? Good. I'm, I'm kind of excited for our guests here. Let's introduce him. He is the head coach of uh, the Iowa State University Cyclones. His name is Matt Campbell. He joins us right now. Hey, Coach, how are you tonight? Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Never been better than this very moment. Good to have you on, buddy. All right. Great to be on. Let's, uh, let's start firing away. Go ahead, Tommy. How's, uh, how's the summer going for you so far, Matt? Yeah, well, you know what? We, it's, uh, I think business as usual right now. You know, we are... You know, in, in the heat of recruiting, at least for the next two weeks of, of kind of doing some camps and some other places, obviously doing some camps on our own campus, and then some official visits starting this weekend, which, uh, you know, with the new NCAA rule allows us to do some of those. So we'll, we'll, we'll have some visitors this weekend and next weekend before, really before the dead period starts with, with recruiting and then with our own players, you know, we're well into the summer program, and so... You know, our freshmen got on campus and started class on Monday, and, and we're actually a complete football team right now, which is kind of a fun time of year for all of us. I know it's super early, but you mentioned the the freshmen that have gotten on campus. Who has really caught your eye so far? Yeah, you know, we we really started class yesterday. We, we probably probably even unfair because we really haven't got to see them do much. Uh, you know, but the neat thing for us is everybody's here on time. You know, everybody's in the class. And I think the one thing that's fun for us is it is a group that, you know, a year ago it was the O-line, D-line that was really good-looking kids coming in. And this year it's the skill guys, you know, some guys in the secondary, certainly some big receivers. And um, so it's good to see. And obviously some skilled guys at the linebacker position. So, you know, I think all guys pass the eye test right now and, and just get getting themselves started. Matt, your schedule is very front-loaded. Um, the first five games include at Iowa, at home against Oklahoma, and at TCU. In what ways is that front, you know, top-heavy schedule, does that alter maybe your, your maybe not your summer prep, but but your fall prep? Because um, you all have to be ready out of, the, out of the shoot. I mean, right away, you guys have to be performing like it's the – fifth or sixth game of the year, you got to be ready to go immediately. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a good point, Randy, and I think that's one of the unique things, I, I really, period, since I've been here, is, you know, when you got a big rivalry game early in the season, you know, you know, we play one of the top FCS schools in the country, you know, at least the last two years that I've been here, and nothing short of that this year. And then, you know, you this year and our first year, very similar where you got to play a top-rated Big 12 team early. Um, you know, I, I think that it's unique, and you got to be ready to play. And, you know, I've said this. To me, I, it doesn't bother me because you got to play everybody anyways at some point. It's 
it's just a matter of when you play them or when you don't play them. So I, I think from our end, the, the positive this year with this team is it's a little bit more of a better team than maybe what we've had in the past. So I think just navigating who's ready to play with our young guys to making sure that those older guys are primed and ready to, to click on, you know, click on all cylinders to start the season. But, you know, I, I think what's unique about our sport, no matter how it is or how it fits, you only get 12 guaranteed games. And, you know, obviously with the stakes as high as they are consistently, you got to be ready to go from the jump period. And, it, you know, there's no, you know, easing into it. And I think that's the one unique thing about being here at Iowa State that uh, I don't know if you're ever going to ease into any schedule here. Did you if did you watch the um, um, the baseball draft a little bit? And, and if so, Kyler Murray was selected f- real high, higher than I thought. What you know? What are your thoughts about him and and about that? And what advice would you have him? Would you give him about going either football or basket or baseball? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it other than I obviously saw you know that how he was selected, and I think the credit obviously goes to him. You know, you've got to be a really skilled athlete to be drafted in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft and yet still be a guy that's, you know, the, the starting quarterback at Oklahoma. So, you know, I, I think the credit to him is he's a competitor, and, and I, my gut feeling is that's probably why he was drafted so high in baseball is because they knew he was a competitor, and that probably plays into his favor a little bit. So, um you know, I don't know advice-wise. You only get to live once, and you know you only get one shot at it. So I think it says a lot about him. You know, wanting to compete at both sports. Now, how long that'll go or how long that'll last, I don't know. And you know, but uh, I think the credit all falls to him and the kind of athlete he is, and, and you know, certainly what he's got the ability to do. Matt, you talked about the early part of the schedule and that rivalry game with Iowa. Just. Can you talk a little bit about how it's kind of, I guess, evolved in your two years here so far and just, you know, how much it means to you this game moving forward? Well, you know, it wasn't much of a rivalry, you know, when we first got here because of how bad they beat us. You know, I think a rivalry is when it's competitive. And, you know, obviously we're getting our program to, to where they're at. And, you know, there a lot of credit goes to what they've been able to do over a long period of time. You know, coach has been there a long time and, you know, sustained success. And so, you know, I think that's, that's for us where we want to get our football program to. And, uh, you know, that's why you love playing that game every year because I think it's a great measuring stick to where you are in your program. Obviously, for me, you come into this state, you see how powerful this state is in terms of, those two programs, and then you have UNI as well, where football is really important, and the fan bases certainly have a great deal of respect and a great deal of, you know, passion for for their team. So I, I think it makes it really unique, and certainly it makes it really special to be a part of that game and that rivalry game. You mentioned it kind of not really being a rivalry at first. Do you guys have to win one to really kind of, I guess, restore it or take it to another level now? Well, I, I think the reality of it is. We know both fan bases know they're both really passionate. They both have a lot of pride. And, you know, my only point in it is, is you know, early on with where we were as a program and to where they are were as a program, I, I think two different places. I, I think hopefully we're getting closer to where we want to be. And, and at that point, 
you know, making it a really competitive year in and year out game where you have a chance to, to go win football games in that rivalry. And that's, that's ultimately where we want to be. Uh, Matt, this will be the last one for me, but have you figured out what, uh, I'm sure you have, but what, what are you, share with us what you're going to do with Kane if you, if you can. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think the reality of it is, is, is number one, you know, the ability to be our kick returner, that's big to get him back, let alone anything else, the ability to get him back there. I, I think what a, what a phenomenal weapon in terms of field position and, you know, giving your offense the opportunity to start in a positive way. The second thing is I think we got to remember, you know, Kene was, you know, you go back to the last part of the season with Kene, and he was starting to do some really good things at the running back position, you know, and I, I think that, that those two places are where you got to start, especially with a guy that hasn't been on the field, you know, since his freshman year. Now, what else he can do, what I'm really proud of him is he's had the ability to certainly – sharpen his tools and kind of add some tools to his game since his injury. And I think that's been a positive, you know, working on catching the ball, working on, you know, some route running and working on, you know, obviously getting the ball different ways in the backfield that I think will really help him. But, um, you know, I think he's definitely a weapon because of his speed and, you know, certainly gives us a different dynamic to what we can be and what we want to be offensively. Matt, it's Chris here. I'll give the register guys a break. Um, quit messing with us. Who's your offensive coordinator going to be? <laughs> Man, it's a great question of all time. It just seems to be a hot topic. You know, I, in, in, in the reality of it. That or the uniforms. Yeah, that or the uniforms. I, I knew that was coming too. We won the answer, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, hopefully the world will have an answer here in July. We, we're, we're getting closer on the uniform piece of it. For sure, that that I think will be able to get out to our fan base sometime in July. So the offensive coordinator piece hasn't changed at all, um, you know, and, and that's the one nice thing for us with I think how we're built from the inside out. That the reality of us changing either what we're doing, how we're doing things, or at the end of it, maybe who's even calling the final plays, not much will really change. And so, you know, we'll, we'll still lead. I'll still lead those discussions. I think you know Brian Gasser and Joel Gordon kind of taking some heavy load of responsibility on the day-to-day operation and obviously Nate Chillhouse has been a great addition you know Jeff Myers been, been in the wars with us kind of knows knows the lingo and adds great value and then Alex Bullish you know Alex is, is certainly capable as well but uh, you know it, it's a really good room it's a room that's been together for a long time and, you know I think that's our huge positive for us. I was just going to ask the the big question of what the walkout song was going to be this year. <laughs> I don't know. That, do we got to change it again? Holy no. That, that, I'll, I'll add it to my list. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Appreciate your time. As always, we'll see you around. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Take yep. care. Take care. Were you really asking about the walkout <laughs> song, or were you just messing with it? Kind of both. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it <clears> – <throat> You know, I think I think that kind of stuff. It's it's obviously not important to Campbell. You know, the uniforms, the walkout song, and stuff like that. But he recognizes that it's easy stuff that he can do that can appease the fans. They can make them happy. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't even have to call a single play, and by doing something like changing the walkout song or adding new uniforms he's already won over the fans it's funny how it changes too over time because i don't without the internet that never would have been a big deal not at all i mean i remember when iowa state changed their uniforms randy when they put they added the blue 
Yeah. Remember back, back in the day? And I, I remember because we got the register at our house, yeah. and that was how we found out. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. oh, there, there's going to be blue? Or when Iowa put those, like, wings on their helmet? Remember those? They put their wings the, on, the on, shoulder, on the shoulder, on the shoulder pads. pads. Yeah, like the Cedric Shaw days. Yeah, some of us keep hoping the internet crashes, and that's the oh. way it goes back to getting news. But, I can uh, promise you that's not going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's here for good. Um, so it's. Yeah, I thought it was just a fad. It still may be, but we'll see. It, it shows that at least Iowa State fans are... <laughs> You know, still really passionate. I mean, now it's getting to the point where, um, you know, stuff like the walkout song and uh, uniforms don't matter as much now. Now, I mean, I think those were all kind of things that annoyed them, just added to the annoyance when, you know, they weren't winning, when they were struggling. You know, now it's gotten to the point where those aren't legitimate big talking points. I remember when Campbell first came. You know, it's like I think a lot of fans just didn't have any high expectations for that first year or even that second year. I think expectations were tempered a little bit. It's the same thing as when, you know, I've talked to Jamie Pollard about this when he got there and they like he was on like the commercials and stuff. And it's like you shouldn't have to put your athletic director on posters or on promos or anything like that because you have to build excitement up to other things. And now. You know, he doesn't have to be front and center like that because there's actual substance of, of what people are excited about. And I think that's why, I mean, I, there's a giant uniform threat on Cyclone Fanatic, but those are fanatics, right? Those are your, the diehards of the diehards that are sifting through that. I think the majority of people this offseason, Randy, are more, okay, what's going on at quarterback? That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, like what's, I mean, what's the offensive line? I, I, I don't... Maybe I'm giving fans too much credit, but but shouldn't they be thinking more about, yeah, okay, does Kyle Kemp have have enough oomph in his arm to to get through the first, you know, the the first games? Um who's going to who's going to back up David Montgomery at at running back? Um, um I can answer know, just, those questions. Just yeah. <laughs> I but, honestly think that it's cuz fans are so educated anymore educated or it's just an uh, easy something to think about no i think they're so educated yeah. like when campbell took over where they knew they weren't going to be very good that well, first and I, year and i think and early on there were so, so they many found other things to talk about well that's I what honestly, i mean that's yeah. exactly that's what i meant and and i think he, now it was know, a go-to topic yeah. and it's over now let's talk yeah. about football i yeah. think now they know okay this team is you know on top end could be really good this year and your seat your floor is pretty high right well now and let's th- talk football yeah now they're but also on the football side of it, it seems like I think we all have a better understanding of what this team looks like and what Matt Cam- what kind of makes Matt Campbell tick where I think, like you said, I, I, I think that kind of goes to the education part where I think a lot of people kind of understand where this team is heading. There just doesn't seem to be as many question marks going into this season. Let's take a timeout, and we'll come sure. back and – Randy wrote a really fun piece, and we're going to dissect that here uh, for the remainder of the show. We're off at 620 for the Cardinals. We're going to discuss the 10 most important players on Iowa State's football roster. I've got got a completely different list. Okay, (laughs) great. Let's do it. We're going to tackle that next. Cyclone Insider here with Pete and Tommy Birch on... 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State. It's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Thanks to Matt Campbell for joining us on segment number one. That will be on the podcast, Tommy. Yeah. 
Yep. And uh, Up on I'll the have a little story recap, some of the main things about what he said. There you so, go. Got you covered. Tommy Birch has got you covered here on uh, 1460 KXNO and for the Des Moines Register. So, you guys have come up with top ten lists. It's that time of year. It is that time of yeah. year. <laughs> but you've, you've each come up with your own. So, how about this? I haven't seen either one of your lists. How about I mediate and say whose list is more accurate? Okay. Yeah. We'll go through. We'll start at number 10, Randy. Let's go with you first. I want to say that if, I'm going to start out by saying that that I had my li- the, the list was in the paper this morning and online for the last 48 hours or whatever. But if I had done 11, I'd had Marcel Spears in there. So I got some emails. Marcel about Spears is so a good your, good so candidate. So hold your cards and letters. Yeah, he's important. Hold your cards and letters about Marcel at Spears. Randy P on that's Twitter. That's fine. Hey, I, that's fine. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that you didn't have him in your top 10. No, that's I want to hear the list. That's, yeah, that's fine. Let's okay. go. At, at number 10, I Braden Narvis. And you got to have a kicker. Just say you you know get into a close game. I actually really like that take. Yeah. Got to have a kicker. I really like that. And I didn't think he was better than he was any more important than than Payne and Harvey and Bailey and Lehman, the guys immediately ahead of him. But let's say Iowa State gets into a close game, and they the they way they the way they play ball or PAT every but, point matters. Yeah, because it's it's defense game. oriented. It's run the ball. Sure. Let's kill some clock. I've a I've a kicker on my list, but it's not nervous, and it's actually Corey Dunn, just for those reasons that field position plays such an important matter for Iowa State. And I agree with Pete, though. I mean, Narvison was a guy that I was kind of thinking about picking just because you can't afford to leave any type of points on the field when you're Iowa State. Okay, so we'll get to Dunn here in a little bit. Who's your number 10? I got Zeb Nolan just because history has shown us Iowa State's not going to get through a full season at quarterback. And we saw just how important it was to have a – an important backup quarterback that you need. And I think I've been pretty adamant about this. At some point in the season, Zeb Nolan's going to be starting. All right, and you, you, by the way, had a great read on the Lanning Park, all that controversy from last offseason. Yeah. You nailed that one, Tommy. So we'll give you a win on that. We just uh, have to assume I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I actually like both of those. Uh, I think those are both interesting number 10s. You both kind of surprised me and made me think there, and that's what we're going for. All right, Randy, who's number nine? DeAndre Payne. Um, he's, then the thing is about him that intrigued me about him is he can either play corner or safety. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's just and, an incredible athlete. Yeah, too. exactly. And the way Iowa State is at safety, I mean, he played corner all last year. He played safety the year before. So the way Iowa is, Iowa State is, is in, in the in the back end is, they they're safetyless essentially. Um, yeah. So, in I opposite think, of a lockdown corner and yeah. PV, not having a guy to pick yeah. on, yeah. I think so. I think I think Payne is is he was number nine on my list and maybe should have been higher because he could play both of those positions. His versatility and he's good. He's very good. He's he's a pro. What about you, Tommy? Who's yeah, number nine? I like him too, but I'd Marcel Spears just because. Um, look, that linebacker spot, it's its going to be important for him to take the next step, especially with Joel Landon gone and some question marks at that Mike linebacker spot. So he's a guy that's proven he can succeed. He's come up with some big plays uh, all last season, the TCU game, the Texas Tech game. So um, to me, I think he's got to have an even bigger season because of some of the questions that they have at linebacker. Which leads me to number eight. Yeah. Willie Harvey. 
um, a linebacker, but I think he can be that that hybrid guy mm-hmm. that can play out. He can play like a a defensive end type, a small defensive end that can hit. Mm-hmm. He can play um, the linebacker, obviously, and he can he can also play. He can also drop back in coverage. So, um, yeah, he's he's got. And, and I found a quote from from Tyson Veitz as the kid can run better than any defensive player on the team. I mean, hmm. it's um, a big quote. Well, yeah, I mean, and so and so that's what makes him stand out for sure. He's two hundred thirty pounds. He's big, and he can hit as hard as anybody on the team. And he's versatile. I mean, like I said, he can play any one of those three positions. So that's why I had him at number eight. But yeah, to Tommy's point, I do have a linebacker in there. I have Brian Peavy, and I mean, we've seen just how important he has been the last couple of years, especially when it comes to the Big 12 and all the past-happy teams you're going to face. The analytics also showed that just his sheer presence on the field changed Iowa State's defense with so many teams not even throwing in his direction. So that takes a lot of pressure off the other guys. So uh, Brian Peavy is an extremely important part of that defense. You had him eight, though? Yes. Okay. I had him. I'll get to him in a minute. Um, number seven, I had Jaquan Bailey. Good pick. Um, I mean, I think the kid's got his head on, head on right. I mean, he said after Seems he did, like it, yeah. after he did the somersault thing, he told us when we talked to him in the spring that he had a talk with Payne and PV and you know some of those guys, and they said show your emotion, um, the way you play, and not not uh, for what you do. But uh, he's. Um, Iowa State's between him and Lima, who I've also got mentioned here somewhere. Um, Iowa State's best defensive lineman, and it sounds like we're going to get to that, the rest of it, in a minute. We will. We're doing dueling lists here between Tommy Birch and Who's Randy winning? Peterson. Uh, so far, Peterson's winning. Oh, man. Because you had you have Brian Peavy way too low. Yeah. Too high, you mean. Or too low, yeah. Too, too low, yeah. However, you still have plenty of room to I've redeem. I've got time to make yeah. up. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's the Des Moines Register's Cyclone Insider Program. We'll keep going. Here on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State. It's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register. Powered by G-Mix Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Cyclone Insider uh, here on 1460 KXNO. Randy Peterson, Tommy Birch with me. Um, okay, we were at number seven. We're going Sounds down. Right. We're going down our list. I had Traquan Bailey at seven, and now it's yeah. Tommy's turn. Where Peterson and Birch have top ten list, the most important Cyclones as we head into 2018. I am the judge. Uh, right now, uh, Peterson is in the lead because Tommy's uh, atrocious take that Brian Peavy was only the eighth most important player. But Tommy, you can always redeem yourself. Who's number seven? God, I hope so. <laughs> I should have just not came back for the second <laughs> half of the show. I've got Corey Dunn just because the of what, just what I mentioned before is that field position is so vital yeah. for Iowa State. Especially Downing was huge last year. Yeah, and that's probably one of the most overlooked parts of Iowa State last season. And one of the reasons why Joe Houston got promoted to, you know, that that added assistant coach, not just the work that he does with the place kickers. I mean, we saw it all with Cole Nen and um and and the other guy, but you know, uh when it comes to field position, special teams, Iowa State was lights out in that department last year and helped them immensely, especially when that offense was struggling mightily. It's a good take. I like that take. I like that word mightily. Yeah. I like that. All right, Pete, we'll go to number six for you. All right, Ray Lima, that was a, no, that was a no-brainer for me at, at, at six. Um, the guy um, the guy in the middle. The um, man in the middle. The man in the middle. He's the reason that, that the 
three four was so six three the three man front was so successful. Yep. Last year, I mean, it's not like Iowa State. It's not like the first time they played it. They've been playing it for a lot of years, but yeah, but they weren't. But any they good weren't. At they it. weren't any good at it. And he's the reason they made it good. Um. Um. And 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 look at look at. Um. It was the first time. Um. I wrote this down somewhere. First time since 2011 that Iowa State, that two Iowa State linebackers, multiple Iowa State linebackers had 100 plus tackles. That's when that was with Klein and not in 2011. Landing and Spears, Landing and Spears both had 100. Why did they do that? Because Ray Lima was taken up to two offensive linemen to block him, and and so um, Landing and Spears were getting in there. So at number six, I have Ray Lima. Okay. <clears throat> Tommy, to give pick, I have Kinei, a fine pick. I have Kenei Nwangu special teams for as good as they were with punt coverage stuff like that. Interesting. I've got Kenei is an important piece of the puzzle just because of what he can do uh, with their return game. It's the fact that David Montgomery uh, got a little dinged up at the end of the season, they had Sheldon Crony help out. But think about the difference that healthy Kane Nwangu would have made last season for the return game, the backup at their return game back. is really bad. Yeah, and just what else he can do outside of just running the ball. You know, they can uh, they can throw to him too. Just all the options that they can have, he can. You know, Iowa State did without him last year, but man, they would have been so much better off in so many different areas if they had him uh, to work with. Man, you're. I got to tell you, and I don't necessarily agree with a lot of your list. Um, I, I, I adamantly disagree with a couple things, but you're making me think, and I like that. Good. That's good. All right. But Peterson's still in the lead. Uh, who's next? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> you did a great job, but Randy, Randy's uh, smart. Number, number five, I probably have, I might even have him too low, Brian Peavy. Heard of him? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I might even I have. have. I might even have Peavy too low. Um, what, else, what else can we say? I mean, he's he's the – Lockdown um, corner in the he, Big Twelve. Yeah, and he found out from the from the NFL that he probably wasn't as good last year as he as he thought he was, but uh, um, which is a good thing. I mean, he turned that around and make it a positive, and and uh, they say he has to run a little bit better and and uh, you know use his eyes a little bit more on on defenders um, or on, on on receivers. So um, I've got uh, I've got Peeve at number five. I've got Kyle Kemp. Look, uh, you know, for you know, for what I've said about Kyle Kemp, um, I'm surprised you have not, him in the top ten. Well, I mean, the reason <laughs> I why don't know if I would have the reason why I have him on the list is just because. Look, we've seen what Iowa State football team can do uh, when they're missing that quarterback. You know, they need to have a steady play caller, somebody that can get the ball to those options. Now, I think Zeb Nolan can do that job too, but. Kyle Kemp, no matter what, it, it all starts with the quarterback. He's an important part of the puzzle, but I just don't think Kyle Kemp is the most important part of the puzzle. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, he's got to be in the top ten. Yeah. Whatever Randy has him. Four? Huh? Who's number four? Hakeem. Ah, Hakeem the Dream Butler. Got Hakeem. He's a big play guy. I mean, he's, he's uh, you know, where's he going to play? Inside? Outside? He can play everywhere, um, you know. I, the the we've seen, we saw the catches that he's made for the last couple of years. The the you know, but the the nation saw what he did against Baylor. They probably saw it, yeah, fifty times. Great pass by fifty times. Zeb by Zeb, absolutely, sure, no rush. Um, but but and Baylor. I don't know if Kemp could have made that throw. But that's okay. 
Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, David Montgomery was a quarterback. He could have done it. But uh, um, no, back up. Hakeem Butler is is um, if any if Iowa State's going to have anybody drafted next year, it's Hakeem's going to be the first one picked. You think over um, even Montgomery? That's oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they're both um, good. He's great prospects. Yeah, I do too. I, I do too. But I mean, he had he had catching runs for of. of Touch, catch and touchdown runs of 74, 67, 57, and 52 yards. Now, obviously, he was running the final 30 or 40 yards of most of those, and he was making great catches. He's the guy in the end zone. He's the mismatch. He's the third down guy that we saw last year with Alan Lazard. Mm-hmm. So for all those reasons, and probably more, um, I had Hakeem number, number four. This is kind of the area where we start to get a, a little bit more overlap, but I had Julian Good-Jones here just because – Look, when it comes to um, who's playing quarterback, as we saw in the past also with a lot of those Iowa State quarterbacks, you had a lot of talented guys, but if you don't have a good offensive line or a good scheme in there, it's not going to matter. And I think Iowa State could have a good offensive line this year, at least a very serviceable one. But the most important part of that is going to be Julian Good-Jones just because he can move around so much. He allows so much more flexibility for other guys to bounce in and out. And just his sheer experience. The guy's been mm-hmm. around forever. He's stayed healthy. He's been productive. He's been important. If if he can stay healthy, that's going to be a big thing for the offensive line. Tommy Birch and Randy Peterson are giving their top 10 list uh, most important Cyclones for 2018. Top three, Pete, go ahead. Top three. Number three, and I echo what Tommy said, I, but I like Julian Good-Jones better than Tommy does. I have him number three. Mm. Um, Colin Newell moving is going to, from what we understand, is is making a push to replace Julian Good-Jones as a starting center. Um, I'll still believe that when I see it. Nonetheless, um, if that does happen, then, then like Tommy said, Julian Good-Jones moves over to – um, to guard, um, he plays. He plays guard then. Um, so, and, and so his his versatility. I'm waiting for the game next year, next season, and I'll probably spend a lot of time watching Julian Good Jones during games where he plays all five offensive positions in the same game. Because by golly, he could do it. Hmm. Um, so I I, I think um, for all those reasons, um, you know, and and plus the fact that that if. Colin Newell doesn't end up being being the center, the, the redshirt freshman for Mames. Then obviously Julian Good Jones is is the center, and and last year he was on whatever that 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 list is for. Oh, this year he this preseason I think he was on. The, he's on the yeah. One of the, the lists going to start getting released. Yeah, I think like he's on the top the like about another month. Quarterbacks yeah, in I college saw, football. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he's on among the top five hundred centers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's not even playing center. So yeah, so I had, I had, I like Julian Good Jones just as it's well. Like you guys, guys from but, like Delaware, but just a smidge more. Okay. I, had him, I had him number number three. Who's All right. Three, Tommy? This, uh, this is where I have Akeem Butler, and the reason okay. is you look at Iowa State stats, they've got three other top four returning wide receivers gone from a year ago. Alan Lazard's gone. Marchie Murdoch's gone. Trevor Ryan's gone. Akeem Butler is going to have to step up and be even more productive. There are some good options coming back, but – um, you know, you look at just the security blanket that he can provide to uh, Kyle Kempt because, <clears throat> you know, what we've talked about so many times and kind of the differing opinion here that Kyle Kemp's arm strength just isn't what we think it is. You know, it, it, no matter what it's Meaning going it's to better be. better than we think it is? No, it's not going no, to be, is, is, <laughs> at least Chris and I think that. 
that at least you have Akeem Butler who can go I out there and the make hell a play. He comes out and throws about an 80 <laughs> on the first play. But, I mean, you look at Akeem Butler and we I talk. I hope he does too, by the way. We talk about draft guys. I mean, when it comes to Alan Lazard, he's bigger than Lazard. He might be faster than Lazard. If he were uh, a four-year starter and didn't have Alan yeah. Lazard behind him, he would have shattered a I don't, ton of Iowa State records. I don't think there's any doubt that he's a better pro prospect than Lazard Absolutely. ever was. And he's right? faster than Lazard. Yeah, and I'm it and it would have been disrespectful to Alan. It's just body type. Like, it's just he's got all those intangibles that yeah. Alan didn't necessarily have, like with the speed and the, uh, absolutely. I can't argue that. All right, Pete, who's number two? Number two, um, David Montgomery. I have him there. I mean, he's a thousand yard sure. rusher. Yeah, thought um, he might be number one. No, he's a thousand. No, like Tommy said, the quarterback's the most important player on the team, the position on the team. Okay, so Kyle Kemp is number one for you. Well, I have, yeah, well, sure. sure. I've mean, printed it already. I printed it already. So yeah, <laughs> but anyway, David. Montgomery. I didn't read it specifically because I have of David the show. Montgomery. I, told you that. I have David Montgomery as two. I mean, because at the, by the season's end, he could be the. He, right now, he's already the, the best running back in Iowa State history, not named Davis. said that before, and I'll say it again. Um, he, the way he bounces off people, not only not only that, but he's added – but with Nate Shieldhouse, he's adding another dimension of his game, which is the intellectual part of the game. Instead of instead of getting the ball and running the – you know, just plowing it up the middle someplace, he's, he's running it – um, he, he's going to understand where the blocks are now. He, he's been around this offensive line. And he'll know where the blocks are in Shieldhouse. That's his deal. He's teaching um, um, David Montgomery how okay. to do it. you got to teach him something. He already knows everything. So that's why he's my number two. Okay, and you have Kemp number one. We'll I do. Just, we'll skip the, the – I do. Okay. For, for all the obvious For all the ob- obvious reasons. Quarterback, yeah. I, I totally I get it. I do. All right, uh, who's your top two? I've got Rayden Lima just because you look at everything he did. Joel, there's no way Joel Lanning has the season that he did without having Rayden Lima up front. Just the totally fact agree. that he could take up uh, – he could be double teamed, just open up tackle lanes for everybody on that defense and just helped – Take the the load off some of that defensive line, and he's going to be uh, an important part to that puzzle again. And that's part. And you know, Randy had David Montgomery at number two. I have him at number one just because um, if if Mike if 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 David Montgomery goes down this season, you know, you the that's probably where you have the largest drop off from from one to two because we've seen. Hey, you know there there are legitimate questions at quarterback. Where there are a lot of people that believe Zeb Nolan could be a better quarterback than Kyle Kemp. That might be a competition going on. To me, there's no doubt that David Montgomery is the main man at running back. And while I think Kane Nwangu could be a great option for them, we just don't know yeah. yet. There are still question marks. David Montgomery is a proven asset who's done it for two years now. Superstar. And, yeah. Even when you know he is running the football, nobody can stop him. There, I mean, it's 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 shades of of Troy Davis where he just makes so something I, out of nothing all the time. So I've been kind of killing your list the whole time. But the, so interesting thing, I I had a friend who read your column today, mm-hmm. Randy, and he texted me. He goes, "Who are your three most important Cyclone football players for the season?" And this is what I wrote back. I'd say in this order, Montgomery. Lima and Peavy. So we had one and two match. This is what else I wrote. Maybe Kemp, but Nolan could easily step in, I think. 
That's part I, of the reason why I don't have Kemp so high up is because I believe that if if something were to happen, and, and that's part of the, the way I looked at this list is the 10 most important people. Yeah, it's the if same thing as the most valuable player versus the best player. See, I, don't yeah. think Kyle, I don't think Zeb Nolan is ready to win at Iowa and ready to beat Oklahoma in a third game of the year at home. No, I think that's fair too. So that's yeah. why you know that's why. So, but listen to, to what else I wrote. I said I would consider putting defensive end Bailey on there, lockdown corner, elite D tackle, crucial for that defense. Defense is how they will win. Montgomery is a top five running back in college football. Did all that last year with a bad offensive line. So I think we all kind of agree on a lot yeah. of this. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, but I, the, my deal with Kemp is, is I like, get it. Like I, I, said, I totally agree got, with you. I, I don't think Zeb's ready to beat to win at Iowa and and and, and beat yeah. Oklahoma at home. We did in game three. Yeah, those are maybe games, game we, six and seven. Maybe we, but we didn't think where you can't make mistakes. Yeah. and that's what Kemp is. Right, that's the that's, best part he's of his manager. Game. Right. Yeah, but I mean, you never know. At this point, we still haven't seen enough of Zeb Nolan. I mean, if you would ask me, um, you know, is is Kyle Kemp ready to go in? on the road at Oklahoma and when there I would have said absolutely not at that time I would have We thought, didn't even know who he was. Yeah, at that time I would have thought <laughs> man you have a better shot with Zeb Nolan out there. I so, think pretty much anybody would have. Yeah, and, and another and reason now, why he's my number one. But now uh, to me it's <laughs> kind of gotten me. to the point where now Zeb has gotten so much time. He got that game experience at the end of last year. He's not going to be a deer in headlights. I think he's going to make better decisions when he gets opportunities and I think in the middle of the season maybe even sooner it's going to be a legitimate storyline for Iowa State who's going to be taking the bulk of those snaps I think it's a tie I think you both had great lists <laughs> that's a cop out <laughs> I'd probably lean with Tommy just because we had a matching one and two but you had some pretty bad takes at the end of your list at the end, at yeah, the I mean, start, P, you, you mean the you start of, way too the low. start of the list, yeah, way too low, yeah. But but you both it, but you both make great points on the specials, yeah. And part of the reason why with PV is you know there are some young guns out there that have proven they can kind of fill some of those gaps in the secondary too. But yeah, yeah he is a a lockdown defender that absolutely um, you know changes things and gives them. Uh, probably the most experience that they have on that team yeah no it's a it's it's definitely fascinating these lists too because it comes down to like your weight of offense versus defense and and that's always impactful too i think most fans usually tend to skew towards offense but you know this team's gonna be this team is you know last year the defense was third or fourth best in the big 12 maybe higher than that yeah and, i think the defense could be better so I, I really yeah, do because there's going to be better too, up front. So that's why i had more defensive players than yeah. offensive players yeah um so yeah. I, it isn't and we don't have time for this tonight but it, i think a good show topic one night would be to debate like what like what's a realistic ceiling to put on that offense next year because i don't i don't really know i haven't really thought that too much about that but i think it, you know the offensive line is what's going to dictate that randy peterson and tommy birch check out their work in the Des Moines Register today. If you want to hear a replay of that interview with Matt Campbell, it should be posted uh, on the Register's website. Tommy said that he will have a report up as well. Cardinals, who do the Cardinals got tonight, Sean? Padres. Cardinals and Padres coming up next here on 1460 KXNO.